What's up, Bulls Nation? You found yourself locked on Bulls. I'm Matt Peck. Up ahead on today's episode, Wednesday, November 10th, we're going to dive into our mailbag with some fun topics, including some Bulls fans who think that Io DeSumo, the rookie, might be ready to jump into Billy Donovan's starting lineup, along with some more ideas on how the Bulls might bolster their front court with some kind of midseason move, including names like Brandon Clark and former Bull Thaddeus Young. That's all ahead on a fresh Locked On Bulls. You are Locked On Bulls, your daily podcast on the Chicago Bulls. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Here are your hosts, Matt Peck and Big Dave Watson. What's up and welcome into Locked On Bulls, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Matt Peck. You can follow me on Twitter at Bulls underscore Peck. You can follow us at Locked On Bulls. And you can also hit us up on that text voicemail line, 331-979-1369, or email us, LockedOnBulls at gmail.com. Today's episode is brought to you in part by McDonald's, proudly serving community since 1965. McDonald's has always been more than just a place to get tasty, affordable food. It's an unofficial community center. A big thank you to our friends at McDonald's for always being there. I'm loving it. All right, y'all. Well, here we are. Wednesday, halfway through another week of Bulls basketball. The Bulls have Luka and the Mavs in town tonight. That should be a fun matchup. See if the Bulls can find a way to beat them and get to 8-3 and three on the season. In the meantime, figured we would dive into our inbox with some more fun topics that you guys are throwing our way and by the way if you want to be a part of the show as i just said uh hit us up on that text voicemail line 331-979-1369 we've also got a bunch of fresh voicemails waiting for us i figured we wait to get to those until big dave is back in on the action so here we go kicking us off uh is a text from the 217 who says any thoughts on billy donovan moving javante back to the bench sliding demar to the four and starting my boy Io. He's been incredible early on. The steal of the draft. Um, yeah, look, I think it was only a matter of time until somebody asked this question. I don't think anybody's asked Billy Donovan this question as far as, you know, uh, uh, Bulls beat reporters talking to Billy before games, after games. I, I haven't heard any anybody, uh, you know, uh, on, on the beat asking Donovan about starting Io. But certainly there's been a lot of talk about Io, especially after some of these games he's had, you know, had some big moments in their comeback win against Boston last Monday. Uh, obviously had a big night with 15 points as the Bulls beat the Brooklyn Nets this Monday. And simultaneously, as I talked about with uh, with my guy Rob Schaefer on yesterday's episode, which, by the way, go back and listen to that episode if you haven't, Rob offering his great insight per usual. We were talking about the, the idea of, Somebody other than Javante trying to fill that void of Patrick Williams in the starting lineup, given that, you know, we know what Javante offers on the defensive end and, and the, the work he does on the boards, but that he's not offering a whole lot offensively. And that maybe could be contributing to the Bulls slow offensive starts that we have seen. We had been talking about Derek Jones Jr., who maybe offers you a little bit more offensively than Javante and certainly a little bit more size at that powered forward spot. But our texture here, wondering, you plug Io into that starting lineup and shift DeMar to the four, which kind of is what we all assumed would happen 
when Patrick Williams went down with that injury, like, okay, well, Billy will play some three-guard lineups and DeMar will play a lot more power forward. And and we have seen some of that, but, I mean, if, if you want to get technical, Javante has been playing that, that four spot in the starting lineup and DeMar has been playing that wing, um, sort of like a point forward at times, which I don't have any problems with. As far as Io, fascinating question. Um, I don't know if I would mess with a good thing right now. And the good thing right now is that Io has earned his spot in the rotation and is giving the Bulls second unit a, a lot of a lot of life. And maybe the the beginning of a trend Monday was not only giving the Bulls second unit some of that energy, some of that, you know, that that fighter spirit that, that Billy Donovan talked about after the game Monday, but also some scoring that they need. You know, it's not like Io has been chipping in double-digit points off the bench any night uh, and every night. But the fact that he is as confident as he appears to be leads me to believe that he certainly could give you double digits off the bench every night if Donovan continues to play him double-digit minutes every night and closer to 20 minutes instead of 10, which is what we saw on Monday. I Like, we, we talked about the, the slow offensive starts. And I think some of that is just, look, Zach has had bad shooting numbers in the first quarter so far. I talked about that, that on Monday. And Vooch is in the shooting slump. If those two things aren't happening, maybe we're not talking about slow offensive starts and needing to try and mess with the starting lineup because Javante isn't giving you enough offensively. Because when you look at the other four players that Javante is playing with in that starting lineup, there is no, there should be no concern about like, oh, Javante is not giving you enough offensively. That's not why he's there. It's not why he's there. So, uh, look, I, lo I love that Io has played so well and so confidently that here we are on, on the cusp of game 11 of 82 tonight, and we've got people saying, should Billy start Io? Is that crazy? And the answer is no, it's not crazy to think about that because that's how good Io has looked. But for now, I would say, I am biding my time and putting my trust in Zach's shooting numbers to get back to where we expect them to be, Vooch to get himself out of this slump, and then you're not as concerned about Javante not being enough offensively in that starting unit because you got all those other guys providing offense, and you keep Io as a lethal part of that second unit. Thanks for checking in, uh, and, and kind of on the heels of that, this is funny. Uh, the 630 texting in to say, hey, guys, Alex from Downers Grove. Can you touch on the fact that Acme found a way to draft Io in the second round, whereas Garpax would treat the second round like a joke, selling our picks, drafting guys like Cameron Bearstow and Eric Murphy, Paul Zipser. Uh, and if there is even a role for Marco to play on a team lacking size. Uh, OK, so kind of two different topics there. Yes, it is wonderful that the Bulls found themselves a ready-to-play-and-contribute-now player like Io DeSumo with the 38th pick. When a few years ago, Bulls fans were bashing their heads against the wall because they had to listen to their front office tell them, while the draft was still going, here's what we did on draft night. Shower us with applause. Oh, yeah, and we sold our second-round pick because we didn't have any players left on our board. Yikes. What what a, what a perfect what a perfect way to describe 
where we are now versus where we've been. Um, as far uh, as far as the other second round pick that AK and Eversley did select, uh, Marco Simonovic from the 2020 draft. Well, look, we saw we saw a little glimpse of him in summer league, and I'm glad we got to see him. I'm glad he came over. We saw a little bit of him in preseason, but I think that what Dave and I had talked about leading up to this season and during training camp is that we weren't really anticipating Marco to get a spot in this team's rotation out of the gate. Uh, Even with the lack of size, and then even after the Patrick Williams injury made this team's lack of size all the more troublesome or worrisome, he still seemed like a player who was a drafted stash for a year, has come over to the NBA, and is not quite yet where he needs to be. Um, you know, you, you saw some of the stuff he could do in summer league, get out and run the floor. He, he's not afraid of contact. Um, you know, I, I think he finished well at the rim. The thing that I am worried about is whether or not his shooting will translate because he wasn't uh, a lethal shooter by any means playing overseas. And that NBA three point line is even more challenging. So, I trust Billy Donovan and his staff, you know, Mo Cheeks, Longstaff, John Bryant, all those guys, as well as AK and Eversley and their team, scouts, player development people, evaluators. If they are saying Marco needs some time, Marco needs maybe some run and, you know, with the Windy City Bulls, then I'm going to take them at their word that he's not ready. Because he looked okay in Summer League, but that's just Summer League. So, we'll see if and when we get any Marco sightings. Um, But I think right now, when you talk about the team's lack of size, you know who's given them some pretty darn good minutes in the last handful of games? Tony Bradley. You know who's more of a rim protector than Marco? Tony Bradley. So, you know, I'm fine. I'm fine with the fact that we haven't seen Marco yet because if we don't need Marco, let Marco develop while not playing minutes in regular season games if you don't need him. Okay, moving along, we'll get to some more mailback topics, including some people wondering about that lack of size in the front court and some potential trades. First, though, I want to tell you all about Built Bar. I love Thanksgiving, all the good foods, the good treats, and plenty of them. Maybe you want a yummy dessert, but one that isn't so full of calories and sugar. It's the perfect time for Built Bars. Built Bar is the new holiday dessert. Feast on something delicious and feel good about it. One slice of pie has upwards of 300 calories, and that's on the low end. Some of those more rich pies you see on your Thanksgiving dessert table, heck, one slice could be 400, 500, 600 calories. Who knows? But most of these Built Bars are only 130 calories and only 4 grams of sugar with plenty of protein. So replace that coconut cream pie with the coconut built bar or go for a raspberry built bar instead of that raspberry pie. Lots of good flavors to replace any pie this Thanksgiving covered in 100% real chocolate. They're low calories, they're low carbs, they're low fat, but they are high in protein. It's a great option for when you're hungry. And if Thanksgiving and that Thanksgiving dinner isn't coming soon enough, well, grab yourself a built bar or two or a mixed box from built.com. 
share some of them at your family gatherings. It'll make things less awkward. Maybe Aunt Betty hasn't tried a Bilt Bar yet. Give her a Bilt Bar. Aunt Betty deserves a Bilt Bar, people. No, uh, there are new surprises all month. Limited time flavors arriving at Bilt.com regularly, so check the site often. And right now, at Bilt.com, right this very moment, they have brought back one of their most popular flavors ever, the Coconut Brownie Chunk Bar. It might be my favorite Bilt Bar of all time. It is there, available for a limited time, once again, at Bilt.com. So go to Bilt.com and use promo code LOCK15 to get 15% off your order. Again, that's promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Bilt.com. All right, away we go. Mailbag content. Caleb from Australia uh, says, G'day from Melbourne. It's only eight games in, but Vooch's four-point showing versus the Sixers and all-around struggles have me a bit concerned. When you consider that Wendell Carter Jr. is only averaging three points and two rebounds less at this point, and Franz uh, Franz Wagner, who they took with our pick, is balling out to start the season, do you think we would have been better keeping Wendell and the pick over Vooch? I suppose the flip side is, do you attract DeRozan if you don't have Vooch? And it is entirely likely this slump doesn't continue for the big man. Still think we are an option short in the front court in terms of scoring, though. Um, Kobe coming back in December will help with bench scoring. Could be sooner than December. Do you think we can dangle our two first-rounders this year, Portland's protected first pick and our own first pick, for a scoring front court player somewhere? And do you have anyone in mind who could fit that bill? Regards, Caleb. Thanks for checking in, Caleb. Um, A lot there. Uh, basically, what I will say to the first part of your email is you you did it for me because I was about to ream you a new one for suggesting that we shouldn't have done the Vooch trade because, hey, look, Wendell's had some good games. And, you know, Franz Wagner looks looks good. No, because you just you talked yourself out of it immediately after that with that sentence saying, well, if Vooch isn't here, do we get DeMar DeRozan? Because to me, that answer is plain and simply no. Vooch is a established veteran player, a respected veteran player, and an all-star caliber player. Who, oh, also, by the way, was DeMar's teammate in college. They are friends. And after Vooch had made had gotten traded from Orlando to the Bulls, and the Bulls and Spurs had a game the back half of last season, they had themselves a little chat about Vooch saying, Hey man, I know you have free agency coming up this summer. Keep us on our keep us on your radar. Vooch and Demar both confirmed that. So, does Demar come to the Bulls if instead of Vooch we have Wendell and the eighth overall pick? No. So there's that. As far as the back half of your email and the question about adding some front court uh, depth. Dangling firsts. The Portland pick that we got in the Lowry Market and Sign and Trade and the Bulls' own pick. Because remember, the Bulls, as our emailer Caleb here just pointed out, already conveyed the first of the two picks to Orlando from the Vooch trade. It was uh, Franz Wagner from the 2021 draft. So not this 2022 draft coming up, but the 2023 draft will be the next one conveyed to Orlando. The big question there is, will the Bulls have two picks 
to dangle? And do they want to use both picks to get a player as a, you know, a, a front court depth piece, a, a power forward, a quality veteran forward, if, if you think that's what your team needs? Because, again, it's early, but right now, Wednesday, November 10th, the Blazers are clinging to the 10th spot in the Western Conference at 5 and 6. Sacramento's right there at 5 and 6, the Lakers at 6 and 5, the Clippers 6 and 4. Um and the the teams beneath Portland, OKC, Minnesota, San Antonio, Houston, New Orleans, those all look like they're going to be some bad teams this year. Uh OKC's 3 and 6 as well as Minnesota, Spurs 3 and 7, Rockets 1 and 9, Pelicans 1 and 10. Woof. So if Portland manages to make the playoffs, they do not have a lottery pick, and therefore that pick will convey to the Bulls. But if Portland finds themselves stuck in that play-in, maybe we're not talking about the Bulls getting that pick conveyed uh, from Portland this next draft. Sure doesn't look like a sure thing. You know, of, of the teams in that mix, Sacramento, L.A., Clippers, like, you know, who's falling off? Because the top of the West is just, here's no surprise, stacked with quality teams. Golden State, Utah, Dallas, Phoenix, Memphis, Denver. I mean, gosh, the West is just ridiculous. So I don't know. I don't know if the Bulls are getting that Portland pick uh, for this upcoming 2022 draft. Odds, odds right now? that they could end up in the lottery? We'll see. However, let's just say that Portland gets their stuff together, they make their way into the playoffs, and that pick conveys to the Bulls because the the Blazers don't go to the lottery. Do you want to give up two first-round picks to maybe add a little bit of front court size? Because, like, two first-round picks, that's a lot. That is a lot of draft capital for somebody who... You know, like maybe you you bring that person in to be your starting power forward. How much better do they make your team? Is it worth two first round picks, whatever small amount of needle moving that does? Unless you're talking about like an all star caliber player to add into that that starting five in the spot where Javante is now. Um, It's an interesting thing to ponder. And. Speaking of which, we've got some names that some other people in our inbox are suggesting. So let's let them answer Caleb's question in a way. And we will do that in just a minute. But first, Bet Online is back and better than ever. A new web interface for the start of basketball season. More props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online remains your number one spot for all the basketball and football action this season. Head to their new updated desktop or mobile website, sign up today, and receive your 50% welcome bonus on that first deposit. Just use that promo code LOCKED ON to receive your 50% welcome bonus. From basketball, football, baseball, NHL, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet. On all of your favorite sports. Bet online. It's where the game starts, y'all. Don't forget, promo code locked on 
for a 50% welcome bonus. Pardon me. Drinking a little drinking a little tea. Drinking a little tea. I'm usually a coffee person, but I feel like balls in the air and I'm coming down. Coming down with a little scratchy throat. Can't have it. Got to keep them pipes loose. All right. Back to the inbox. Um, the 417 said, Hey, Matt and Big Dave, new listener, but longtime Bulls fan, even when we aren't winning. I'm very excited about this team that's been put together, even though we just lost to Philly twice. I still believe this team is doing big things this season. Hopefully fans don't start panicking. Great idea. Great advice. Don't start panicking. Uh, With that said, have you guys heard uh, any realistic trade rumors to get us some size? Could something realistic happen with Thad from the Spurs? I think he would look good with our starting lineup. Mm. Uh, There it is. Thanks for checking in. Um, you are not the first person I've heard to mention Thad Young's name as the Bulls are playing through this um, lack of size right now. Obviously, from what was reported, the Bulls front office did not want to give up Thad Young in that sign and trade to get DeMar DeRozan away from San Antonio. What they wanted was for the Spurs to happily accept Lowry Markkinen in that sign and trade. And the Spurs said, no, give us Thad. And because AK and Eversley weren't going to let us a little thing like that get in the way of them getting the player they wanted, which was an all-star caliber player like DeMar DeRozan, they said, ah, fine. Okay, Thad, we love you. Didn't want to trade you. We're planning on trading you. But business is business. And we want DeMar. So that's how that went down. Right now, Thad Young is playing the veteran backup role on a Spurs team that is three and seven and no one really expected to do anything in the Western Conference this season as we were just talking about how ridiculously stacked the West is if you look at what Thad has done this season I mean playing that classic bench rule in their last game um which they lost to OKC like how do you lose to the Thunder that that Thunder team is bad on purpose he had 10 points and eight boards, like classic a classic Thad night. On the season, he's averaging 16 and a half minutes per game. Um, shooting the ball at a ridiculous 62.9% from the field. I mean, talk about classic Thad efficiency. He's averaging six points, four boards, three assists, uh, a block and a steal. Like classic Thad off the bench numbers. 16.7 minutes. So it's not like he's sitting there in San Antonio doing nothing. He's getting some run, but not necessarily the minutes he was playing for Billy and the Bulls last year where, you know, starter, bench player, whatever, Thad was playing minutes, more minutes than 17. The question is, what could the Bulls offer San Antonio that would pique their interest to say, oh, yeah, well, you you can have Thad back. Obviously, a lot of Bulls fans would say Kobe White. Not not all. I said a lot of Bulls fans would say Kobe White. Look, I think that Billy, AK, and Eversley are going to give Kobe White some run once he comes back to see if he still fits in here. And we've talked about the Bulls' lack of three-point shooting. We've talked about their lack of bench scoring. A lot of signs point to the Bulls being able to use Kobe White and missing his presence on the court through their first 10 games. 
is Thad, is Thad Young more valuable to the Bulls than Kobe White? Do the Bulls want to give up more draft capital to get Thad Young back, considering that they also had to give up draft capital to the Spurs to get DeMar DeRozan in addition to giving up Thad Young? I don't know. It doesn't seem super likely to me. Clearly, the Bulls would love to have Thad back for all of the reasons that we know Thad is a valued and valuable NBA veteran on the court and off the court and a big brother to Zach Levine. Zach would be thrilled to have Thad Young walk back into that Bulls locker room, and you know he would. But again, it all comes out of that question, what's the cost? Is it is it Kobe White? Is it draft capital? And are either of those things worth it to get Thad Young back and maybe have Thad play as your starting power forward? Um, that's a tough call. That's a tough call. Uh, here's another one that's interesting. Um, and to keep in mind, with Thad Young, that's a $14 million, $14.1 million salary this season. So can't use the trade exception that you got from the Tice deal. You'd have to give up matching player salary in that trade. On the other hand, here comes a texter from also the 630 who said, I have an idea. Might be hard to pull off until we know what punishment we get from the league for the Lonzo investigation. Another variable in all of these trade hypotheticals. But how about the Blazers lottery protected pick we got in the Lowry trade? Uh, sending that to Memphis for Brandon Clark, who's kind of fell out of their rotation. I think it would be great for us. Can play him at center or a power forward with either Vooch or Bradley. Give us more lineup flexibility. And as much as I love Javante's energy, I think his plus minus in the past few games have showed we can't rely on a guy like that for 20 minutes. Give some of those to Clark. And then adding Clark's salary fits into the Tice trade exception. That it does. Uh, the tie trade exception, the Bulls have $5 million at their disposal. And Clark, who is on his rookie deal, uh, is only making $2.7 million this season. So that works. Um, the the Texters thing about Brandon Clark falling out of their rotation, I mean, I, I wouldn't exactly put it like that. It's kind of getting... I think about the same amount of minutes as Thad is getting in San Antonio off the bench, you know, somewhere in the teens. Um, let me check real quick. I think it's, you know, 16 or 17 minutes per game for Brandon Clark. I, I love the idea of Brandon Clark because I do like that player. When he was coming out of college, uh, Zaga, right? I was like, dude, that, that kid could play. I really liked what I saw from him. And I think he could still have a very solid NBA career if he finds the right spot. Um, but I wouldn't necessarily believe that Memphis is like ready to be rid of him. Uh, yeah, so four, 14 minutes a game for Brandon Clark so far this season. Um, that is down, you know, um, career, he's averaging 22.7. So clearly was used more um, last season. May, maybe Memphis is saying, you know, we don't really have a spot for you. Um, and this texture also bringing up that lottery protected pick the Bulls have from Portland as the trade bait in this particular scenario. Again, that's not a sure thing. Um, if that pick doesn't convey, 
what else are you willing to give up for Brandon Clark? I, I mean, I would say that <laughs> Kobe White is too valuable of a piece to just player swap him with Brandon Clark. I would say that doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Um, the Bulls' own first-round pick, is Brandon Clark work, worth a first-round pick? I wouldn't necessarily say so. Um, I do like the idea of adding him to this Bulls' front court at the right price. The right price. Um, man, that's a tough one. I... And 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 this texture also brought up the other interesting wrinkle here. What if the Bulls have another first round pick taken away from them because of this Lonzo Ball tampering investigation? Then the, the draft capital you do have becomes that much more precious. And it's interesting to look at a 10 game sample size and say, yeah, the Bulls could use some size. The Patrick Williams injury hurts. You know, we, we lost the ad in the trade. Uh, Lowry's gone, although, you know, you never really thought of Lowry as size the way he played. But they are doing okay with the roster they have. You could argue that they're doing better than okay because through 10 games, they have seven wins and three losses. And yes, some of those were, you beat the Pistons, good for you. You beat the Pels, good for you. Utah, Boston, Brooklyn, those are real wins. They're all real wins because a win is a win in the NBA, as my guy Big Dave would say. Um, do you need to shake things up this substantially? Do you need to give up draft capital or or Kobe White to get a player like Thad or like Brandon Clark or you know whoever it might be? I, I know I think some other Bulls fans are talking about James Ennis right now. Like, do you need to give up? something that you have in your cabinet of assets, whether it is a young player like Kobe or draft capital, keeping in mind that you might lose another piece of draft capital with the tampering and that you still owe another to Orlando and you owe one to San Antonio down the road as well. You're seven and three. You're seven and three. Now, I'm sure that AK and Eversley are watching all of this closely and keeping their phones open. And if they see something that could, in their eyes, improve this team for the back half of the season when they're making their calls and accepting calls leading up to the trade deadline, would I be surprised to see them make a move and shake up or or tinker this roster a little bit? No, because guess what they have shown us? They are aggressive. If they see a way to improve the roster, they do it. They go after it. They spent two-thirds of a season, not even, evaluating what they had, decided we don't like any of this, and flipped the entire roster, save for Zach Levine and Kobe White. Big mid-season trade to acquire Vooch. Big off-season sign-in trades all over the place. Brand new team. So, whereas I right now am saying... Let's let's maybe not mess with a good thing. Yeah, the Bulls are a little undersized. Yeah, Javante Green as your starting power forward is not ideal. But you're seven and three, and you're only going to continue to get better because hopefully Zach's thumb heals and he starts hitting his shooting numbers close to what we expect from him from last season. 
Vooch pulls himself out of his slump and is not shooting like, you know, 20% from three and 32% from the field. There is evidence to suggest that this Bulls team is just getting started and they're racking up wins while developing their chemistry with all these new players. How much do you want to mess with that? To just like add a front court piece who's like, okay, not great, but okay. See what I'm saying? That's kind of how I'm looking at it right now. But again, we'll see if the Bulls go through this onslaught part of their November schedule. You know, they got the Mavs in town tonight, and then they got some tough West Coast road trip games. And maybe the Bulls will be grossly exposed for their lack of size, and they'll come back home and they'll be 500 instead of several games over 500. And then, and then we can revisit that. But right now, I'm saying, let's wait and see. Let's wait and see what happens before we make some drastic change that maybe isn't all the way necessary. Uh, appreciate the questions, though, because I know it's on a lot of Bulls fans' minds. Um, but, hey, did you know that we out-rebounded Brooklyn by double digits on Monday night? Um, you know, we outscored them in the paint by 30 on Monday night? Size. Maybe size is relative. Who knows? All I know is that Javante Green, wearing number 24, plays a hell of a lot bigger than Lowry Market had ever did. And that's kind of funny and also a little sad because, you know, this guy was a Lowry believer for some time. Uh, that's it for today. Thanks, everybody, for chipping into our mailbag content. If you want to be a part of the conversation here on Lockdown Polls, hit us up on that text and voicemail line, 331-979-1369. Like I said, we'll do some voicemails when Dave is back in the fold, hopefully soon. Uh, hopefully we'll get Dave back maybe tomorrow, maybe Friday. Uh, if not, then definitely uh, next week. Um, as I said, if you didn't check out yesterday's episode with uh, NBC Sports Chicago's Rob Schaefer, go give that a listen because uh, it was a really fun convo. Rob, as always, offering some great insight to this team, but he does a wonderful job covering. Um, like and subscribe on the YouTubes if you aren't already. And you can hit us up on social media. I'm at Bulls underscore Peck. We are at Locked on Bulls. Uh, for my partner, Big Dave, who should be back soon, I'm Matt saying thanks as always for listening and watching Bulls Nation. Until next time, see Red be good. Peace out. Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM.